Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Well, good morning. It's great to be with you again for another Bible study from Rick Bonfield Ministries office. We are here in Athens, Georgia, wherever you are listening to us around the world. We welcome you, whatever time of day it is, whether you're all the way around the world and it's 8 o'clock at night or, uh, or you're, uh, you know, on the uh, West Coast and it's, uh, what, it would be 6 a.m. or something like that. I want to say welcome to Rick Bonfin Ministries Bible Study out of James chapter 3. We're going to continue our study in the book of James. And it's been a wonderful study to me. I hope it has been to you. James is challenging us to really think about, uh, really sort of uh, do a self-inventory, I guess uh, you could say, of our behavior, of our behavior, of, of being honest with ourselves about is our life a reflection of what we, what we believe. We say we believe this, about Jesus, He changes us, and so we want to be like Him. So is our life a reflection of that? And is it growing in that reflection? Okay? Or are we kind of a playing the pretend game? And so here in chapter 3, he really gets into how the words that come out of our mouth have to reflect who we're called to be as Christians. So we can't, we can't say that we're Christians and we follow Jesus and then our, the things that we're saying, the words that come, in, come out of our mouth are totally opposite to, to being a Christian. You know? And, and this is not, you know, James is, this is, Jesus talked about this and it goes back to one of the Ten Commandments, right? So this is nothing new. And actually, it goes way back into, into the Garden of Eden when, when Adam and, and Eve, you know, decided to take the forbidden fruit and, and then sin came in. And then right away, you know, the, Adam uses his mouth to, to shift the blame. <laughs> right? He, he spoke the words like, God, you, it was the woman that you gave me. In other words, it's everybody else's fault but Adam's. <laughs> so his mouth immediately, immediately out of his mouth, is, is deflecting blame and avoiding responsibility and criticizing others. You know, boom, right there from the start, the mouth is, is getting him in trouble. So then, then in, in Exodus chapter 20, it's one of the Ten Commandments. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. In other words, you know, lying, manipulation with your mouth to try to try to uh, improve the circumstances to your own benefit, right? So God knew that in the heart of man was this desire to sort of twist the truth with your mouth or 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 not control the tongue so that uh, so that things are in our favor, right? And then. Uh, 
man, I mean, there's just so many scriptures, and, and I know that we don't we can't do them all, but but I have a few here that I, I just want to lay the groundwork. So let's start with the verses for today, which are James chapter three verses five and six, and then we'll just kind of get into it. So James says, even so, the tongue is a little member, meaning small. Okay, it's not an arm, it's not a leg, it's a small member, and it boasts great things. Right? Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. Verse six, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. Woo! I read those verses and said, Lord, I I don't think I ever want to speak again. (laughs) I don't ever want to say another word for the rest of my life. I don't know what's going to come out. It's a convicting verse, but I hope I can do it in a way where the conviction will come in without condemnation because, man, we've all messed this up. If we're really honest, we say, yeah, I have have said many things that I wish I hadn't have said it. It was wrong. I twisted the truth here. I manipulated there. I, I, you know, just let loose all my anger here, and it wasn't right. Things came flying out of my mouth that, that just weren't fair to say it. Um... And, and all of us have done these things. And James know that. And actually, James, I believe, is including himself. And, and that's one of the things I appreciate about Jason from yesterday morning. Jason Goins, if you listen to his Bible study, is, is James is including himself in this and saying, this is, not, this is not something that you have to deal with and I'm perfect in it. No, James is saying we all have to figure out how to control the tongue. Uh, but but it's a, it's a matter, it's a work of the Lord that He does in us is, is really where this is going to go. Um, so let's, um, let's kind of look at some, port, some supporting verses here uh, because as we've said before, uh, James, James heard the teachings of Jesus. This is the half-brother of Jesus. And even though when Jesus was on the earth, James maybe wasn't one who believed, right? It says in there's some verses where it says that, that Jesus' family thought, thought that he was crazy, thought he lost his mind, right? And so it's very possible, most likely, that James was, was in that position. He, he thought that the teachings of Jesus were just wacky and that Jesus was out of his mind. Um, and so, so, so James heard the teachings of Jesus even though he didn't believe them. But then also we have to remember that after the resurrection, Jesus appeared to James. And then James would have been of the 120 that were in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit came out, and tongues of fire went everywhere. So James is a changed man. So the teachings of Jesus now come up in his book. So in Matthew 15, 11, okay, in Matthew 15, 11, Jesus says, What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth. That is what defiles them. Then Luke 6.45 A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Okay, Let me read that last line again out of Luke 6.45 For the mouth speaks what the heart 
is full of. Okay, so we see the reflection of this teaching of Jesus in James right here. In other words, if inside of our hearts is evil desires and the desire to avoid responsibility, the desire to shift blame to others, okay, then those things are going to come out of our mouth. Those things are going to come out of our mouth. So it's a convicting verse because we have to look at this and say, what is inside my heart? Well, you'll know it's inside my heart, your heart, by listening to the things that come out of your mouth. That's really what James is saying, what Jesus is saying, is that if out of your mouth is coming a world of iniquity, then in your heart is a world of iniquity. Whoa. Okay. If out of your mouth is coming a world of iniquity, then in your heart is a world of iniquity. Now, before I go any further, let me say that all of us are in the progress of growing in the Lord. Okay? We, we, are, we are working towards perfection. So don't take this to be condemning or anything like that, but, but me, I, I, I look at this and I say, well, I have to self-evaluate. So as the teacher this morning, I have to challenge all of us to self-evaluate. What is coming out of your mouth these days? What is coming out of my mouth these days? Is it negative things? Is it thing? It, am I? What's the verse? I wrote it down. Hold on. Saw it because I knew I'd, I'd get going and I'd forget it. Uh, it's the verse that says, uh, uh, "There's both life and death in the power of the tongue." Oh, here it is. Yes, Proverbs eighteen. You're right, Jason. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. The tongue has the power of life and death. Okay. So the potential for life is in the tongue. The potential for death is in the tongue. Okay? The two are there, both. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Okay? So the potential for life is in the tongue and the potential for death is in the tongue. So we have to make a choice. What do what what do we want? Do we want life or death? Well, if we want life, speak life. Choose to speak life. It's a choice that you have to make. Not that you get it right all the time, but you've got to start with a choice of evaluating yourself and saying, God, what do I really want? Well, I want life. I, I, God, I, I recognize that in my mouth is a tongue that has the potential to bring out a world of iniquity. It has the potential to defile my whole body. It has the potential to set my course on a terrible, or to set my life on a terrible course. But I don't want that, God. I don't want that way. I want the way of life. Now, let's, let's look at what James is doing here. He's using an object lesson, right? He's using an object lesson. And so he's saying that the tongue is really small, and so sometimes we can deceive ourselves and think that the words that we say don't really matter, right? That, uh, I, I, you know, uh, they're not that important, um, they don't carry much weight, 
I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just kind of talking. You know, it's, it's, I'm not really trying to say anything. I'm just, and 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 James is saying, now wait a second. Um, you know, a forest fire starts with just a little spark, and then it destroys acres and acres of things. It destroys people's homes. It it can be super destructive. I was, and so just for fun, I said, okay, let me look at some some of the historical forest fires that were caused by uh, by cigarette butts. Okay, so uh, so I found this one. Two thousand, and this one actually wasn't a forest fire. Two thousand four, Richmond, Virginia. A cigarette butts tossed in a jammed crash trash chute sparked a March twenty sixth fire that destroyed twenty six buildings and caused twenty million dollars in damage. Okay. Um, September 18, 2002, Camp Pendleton, a wildfire that scorched 247 acres on the on on the base Monday afternoon was started by a cigarette butt but tossed by a passing motorist. Fi- fire investigators said, "Okay, a passing motorist." Um, in in 1999, a driver in France threw a butt from a cab window. The smoldering cigarette ignited a fire inside the Mont Blanc tunnel that killed 39 people. Okay. Um, there's there's some more. I, you get the idea. So someone that smokes, and I and I don't smoke, but you know, I, I'm so I'm you know maybe kind of playing into this a little bit, but bear with me. Someone that smokes, the idea of smoking a cigarette and you you expose of your your cigarette butt is just commonplace. You do it, depending on how much you smoke a day, 10, 15, 20 times a day. You smoke a cigarette, you get rid of your cigarette butt, you know, you don't think anything of it. It seems harmless because you just do it every day, and it's just a normal thing you do in your everyday life. But without knowing it, that cigarette butt has the potential to literally destroy people's lives. And so something that... that a person thinks it's just a normal thing, harmless, just something I do every day all the time, ends up ruining people's lives. Think about all the families who lost family members, right? People who lost their homes. People displaced. All of their possessions ruined. The fear, the, you know, just the trauma of going through that. And someone thought something was very insignificant. And what James is saying, I think, with this verse is, it's the same with our words. See, we, we've talking all our lives. You know? I mean, it's just, that's just what we do. We, we start, we're talking all the time. We just talk to people and we say things and we get emotions out and we give thoughts and we give opinions and we're just talking. It's just commonplace. You know, like the person who smokes a cigarette. It's just common. That's what we do. We just talk. And so... We can deceive ourselves into thinking that our talk doesn't carry much weight. And James is saying, you know, we can't get into that. Because biblically speaking, our words do carry weight. And so we kind of have to push the concept from back here to being just a commonplace thing that, that we don't really think about. We have to force it into the front of our consciousness and say, Lord... I confess to you this morning that without careful attention, my words could start a forest fire today. I think that's what James is doing. 
He's bringing, he's, he's using such a heavy analogy to force it into the forefront of our minds so that we see that our words really do carry weight. And we, so we could start our day just saying, Lord, if I'm not careful, my words could ignite a forest fire today. And I might not even know I did it. It could really hurt somebody. It, 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 it could cause ripple effects that I don't understand. Um, and Lord, I don't want to do that. You know, I, I don't want to inadvertently cause others pain because I'm careless with my words. But that's not in my heart, God. I'm just letting you know, God, this morning, that's, that's not in my heart. And I'm nervous that maybe that will happen, so God, would you please help me? And I think, I think that's all James is doing, really. He's not trying to condemn it. I mean, there might be some people in the congregation that he's really trying to, to, to convict right now. And maybe you're being convicted. I, I don't want you to be condemned or harassed or put down or shamed. I think the Holy Spirit would convict us. That's the difference, right? The, the conviction versus condemnation thing. I think the Lord would just want us to be convicted to, to, to say, Well, Lord, I haven't really thought about this in a while. And yeah, you know, I, I, I do need to, to start praying and thinking about it and asking you, God, to help me to, to control my tongue and to think about the, the effects. James uses a, a really, really harsh word at the very end of verse 6. And so I did a little study on it. And I was just spent a few minutes talking about it. Um, kind of giving, and I, you know, this is a Bible study. So I do want to give a little bit of a sort of background on this word because it, it's really fascinating. Um, and that's the word for hell. Um, James says that the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. So that word hell is pronounced in Greek, Gehenna, and it's only used 12 times in the New Testament, 11 by Jesus and one by James. 11 by Jesus and one by James. So what is it? It's a Gehenna is a reference to the valley of Hinnom, which is down in the, in the, the, just south of Jerusalem is a valley. And down in that valley is where, um, is where idol worship to the god Molech took place. And if you know anything about that god, that false god, it was one of the worst. You're talking about child sacrifice in a fire. And so uh, King Ahaz in, in the Old Testament historical books uh, sacrificed his own kids there. Jeremiah says, uh, he was referring to this valley in Jeremiah 31:40, The whole valley where dead bodies and ashes are thrown and all the terraces out to the Kidron Valley on the east as far as the corner of the horse gate will be holy to the Lord. The city will never again be uprooted and demolished. That's, that's the Kidron Valley on the eastern side going down, going down there. And so the children were sacrificed to the false god Molech. And the image of Molech had the head of a bull with outstretched arms and a fire burned in the stomach of the idol and a child was placed inside the furnace. And they would practice child sacrifice. Well, after Ahaz, um, 
Josiah came, and Josiah did a bunch of reforms. If you, you know, this this is sort of Old Testament history stuff. Okay, so I don't mean to belabor this or bore anybody, but but there is a history to this word, and it's a strong history that essentially, um, if you want to talk about the worst type of idol worship, you go to child sacrifice. <laughs> and so James is actually referring to that type of fire. But what happened with Josiah did is he is he changed that whole valley and he made it the Kidron Valley where the people of Jerusalem would throw all their trash and then they would burn it constantly. So there would be a constant fire going on down there, burning all their trash so that uh, nobody could worship Molech anymore down there. And that, that's, that's, that's the, the valley where the trash burns. And that's actually what, that's actually what James is saying. Is that, is that if we're not careful... The things that are coming out of our mouth could be like burning trash in the Kidron Valley. Just worthless. I mean, whew. I started to look at this verse and realize what sort of the reference that James is using here and started to realize that James is not playing around with this. This is not something that we can just say, you know, our words don't matter. Now, Let's be done with that part, because that, that's sort of bringing the sobering part, you know, to mind. Um, but let me move to a more positive side, because there's hope. You know, in Jesus, and when the Holy Spirit poured out, He anointed the tongue. One of the first things that happened at Pentecost is the tongue was anointed by God to sing praises to God and speak in heavenly languages. Right? The tongues of fire. And all all of the, we could go read it, but all of the, all right, we're going to go read it. Let's go do it. Acts chapter 2. Because before we get too carried away, um, we got to know that by the power of the Holy Spirit, there is power in the tongue to bring life. All right. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. One of the first, the first thing that happened with the coming of the Holy Spirit is the tongue was anointed by God, to be used for His purposes. Now that's sobering in a different kind of way. That's an encouragement to me. Because that means that if I'm depending on the Holy Spirit of God, then, then, then I don't have to be afraid of what James is saying. What James is essentially saying to them is, is, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. You're not praying in tongues. You're not praying in your spirit. You're not opening yourself up to letting God take control of your mouth. In other words, when we come here in the morning, and look, we say this all the time. Pastor Rick says this. I say this. Look, you don't have to speak in tongues, pray in tongues to be saved. I have it. I don't, I can, I don't know how to live without it. And I believe everybody can, can pray to the Lord with a, with a heavenly language. Okay? I, I believe that with all my heart if you want it. Okay? I'm not saying you have to have it, but I believe you can if you want it. Um, 
And what I think James is saying is that without the Holy Spirit, our tongues are not anointed. Death will come out. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, then we can have, we can have power to speak life. Now this is also revealed... Okay, so now we have to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because we have the vocal gifts, right? We have the vocal gifts. There's nine gifts. Three of them are vocal gifts, which are tongues, prophecy, and interpretation. Okay? Prophecy, yeah, we talked a little bit about tongues just now. And then, now, prophecy or prophesying, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, to build edifying comfort, speak life. Okay? In the tongue is the power of life and death. You have the power to speak life by the power of the Holy Spirit, so you can prophesy. So, here's my question to you this morning. What in your life has no power in it? What in your circumstances, in your family, where is the devil wreaking havoc? In your office, in your business, where is the devil just having a heyday? Where in your mind is the devil winning? Where in your marriage is the devil winning? Where in your kid's life does it look like the devil is winning? I want to encourage you to begin to prophesy vocally. Use your mouth to speak out something that is true, something that is biblical, a promise of God over that situation. For instance, the finances in the business are tanking. And you begin to get down. And so then what happens? You begin to speak out what the circumstance is. Man, my finances are terrible. Man, I'm losing a bunch of money. Man, I'm a terrible business person. I don't know how to do this. Right? You begin to validate the circumstance out of your mouth. So you're validating the negative. So what is God asking you to do? Well, begin to speak the truth. God, I'm blessed. God, I thank you that you pay all my bills. God, I thank you that you're my provider. And not all these not all these deals. God, I thank you that you're going to bring the deals that I need. God, I thank you that you're going to... You begin to speak life into that. The kids are going crazy. Right? And so you're having conversation with people or with your spouse and, 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 and you're saying, man, I don't know what's happening to my son. I don't know what's happening to my daughter. They're just crazy. They're losing their minds. They're, they're, they're not listening to it. And so what is... What, and sometimes you have to vent, but it, there comes a point where all you're doing is validating the negative behavior you see. So what do you do? God, I thank you that, that, that my son, my daughter, is not going to be held captive by the devil. I thank you that my son and my daughter are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and that they are covered by the blood. I thank you that they are going to come unto repentance and faith. I thank you that there's a call on their life and that you're going to win, God. And you begin to speak Truth over them with your mouth. That's prophesying. That's build, edifying, comforting. That's prophesying over your family. And we have to be doing this as believers today. Why? Because everything around us is trying to get us to be negative. Everything around us is trying to get us to be negative. In the news, all the, all the political anger and the bitterness and all the slander and all the hatred. You know, uh, social media, 
you know, you can't say anything on social media before people just jump all over you and start just... I mean, you say anything that, that would give the idea that you're pro-life on Facebook, and there'll be a hundred people that tell you that you're, you're a horrible person and you should go to hell. And so the world is full of negativity, negative thoughts trying to pull us into that. And we have to make a conscious choice that we're going to speak life. That, that, that our tongue is, is not going to be set on fire by hell. It's going to be set on fire by the power of the Holy Spirit. That we're going to prophesy and we're going to speak into situations that don't seem to have any hope and expect to see God do something. And that will build your faith up because then, you know, <laughs> when, when, when everything's going the wrong way and you begin to thank God for something that hadn't happened yet, that takes faith. That takes faith to call it forth and say, God, you've got to, I, I thank you that you're not abandoning me in this situation. You're going to come through. I believe that you're going to have a victory here. I thank you, God, that my marriage is not going to fall apart, that you're going to hold it together. I thank you, God, that my family is going to come unto repentance and there's going to be reconciliation. I thank you, God, that when I go and I apologize that you're going to, Bring a moment of forgiveness there. You begin to see, begin to look and see where, where, where do you need God to move? Where do you need God to set it free and start to speak the truth over that? God's going to move. Amen? Amen. Well, I think I'm about done. I better not get into anything else because i got a minute left. 30 seconds, really. <laughs> so let me, let me pray for you, bless you, and then uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Okay? Lord, we thank you that you have anointed us. We thank you, God, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can speak life, we can prophesy, we can honor you, we can honor others with our words, God. And we confess to you this morning that in many ways we fail at that. But God, we don't want to. It's not in our hearts, God. Please help us. Because out of our mouth comes what's from our hearts, God. And in our hearts, we want to bless others and we want to bless you. So, God, help that to come out of our mouths today. Not negativity. Help us not to join the world that just wants to criticize and shame others. God, help us to figure out how to speak the truth in love. We've got to be truthful, but God, we've got to do it in the right way. Help us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow morning for another Bible study out of the book of James. Cresce em beleza, força e luz. Rosa de Sarol.